Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. We are continuing our tribute to the great Peter Ostrusko, who passed away on February 24th at the age of 67. Peter is arguably one of the finest musicians to ever come out of Minnesota, a true self-taught virtuoso on guitar, fiddle, and mandolin. If you ever listened to the early days of the Prairie Home Companion, you heard Peter. If you've ever watched a Ken Burns documentary, you've probably heard Peter. If you've ever gone to any shows in Minneapolis with Peter, you've not only heard Peter, but you've heard some of his original music, and we're going to listen to an original song of his tonight with my next guest. Peter, of course... uh, was so well-beloved and stepped for his first time into a recording studio and recorded with none other than Bob Dylan on his 1974 uh, recording, which came out in 75, called Blood on the Tracks. But we go back to some of Peter's first friends on the show tonight. We're going to have Jim Tordoff on, Jim Stoll, and my guest right now, my very good friend, Becky Thompson. Becky, how are you tonight? I'm good. Thank you, Paul. Now, your band, which was really one of the first country rock bands that I came aware of in the Twin Cities, the Sky Blue Water Boys, although, truthfully, you guys were more country than rock, at some point, you hired Peter Ostrusko to play with you. Correct, yes. And when was that? Uh, 1976. He had been on the road with uh, Robin and Linda Williams for a year, and uh, he, when he would take a break or anything, he'd always come down to the club and sit in with us. And, I mean, it was just magic between he and Dan Lund and Russ Paul and Pedal Steel. They were just, the three of them together were just unbelievable. That's a trifecta and, of genius right there. Oh, my gosh. It was. As a vocalist, it was a pain because it was hard to find time where I could sing in between fills and everybody playing. And, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it was just constant, (laughs) but it was pretty funny. Um, But when he got off the road, we hired him to play with the Water Boys. And he played with us for a little over a year. And then he went back on the road with Robin and Linda Williams. Now, um, I remember seeing the Sky Blue Water Boys a little past 30th and Nicollet. Now, there was one bar called The President, and then right down the street there was The Vice President. Which was your house gig? Where were you guys playing? We were down, I wasn't with them then. I okay. was downtown on 9th and Hennepin at Zacharias. Okay. Zacharias. And then we were at uh, Mr. Nibs for a year. But when they were at the president, uh, they had a different vocalist. Okay. And, of course, her name just flew out, and she's going to say, Really, Becky? You <laughs> forgot my name? Well, we've got, we've, got the, we've got Becky Thompson, the vocalist most of us think about when we think about the Sky Blue Water Boys. Tell us uh, a couple of your greatest memories of working with Peter. Well... I started working with Peter in 1972. I hate to date myself like that, but 
I was 10. And a child anyway, star, and, yes. You were child I was star. a child star. Yes, we all were. But um, I started working with Jim, and it was Jim Tordoff, Peter, Mike Cass, and myself. Wow. And, yeah, really. And we would, um, we would book gigs. And whoever booked the gig was the name of the band. Jim Cordoff and Friends, Peter Estrusco and Friends, Becky Reamer and Friends, sure. you know. And uh, we played we played quite a few like that. And uh, it took me about two years before I looked at him and I said, do you like playing music with me? <laughs> and, and he went, yeah. And that was it. <laughs> he was a man. I said, "Okay, that's it. I'm good." <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he was a man of few words, but he was like uh, E.F. Hutton when he spoke; everybody listened. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, he didn't. You know, he had that smirky smile. Oh, great smile! His. Great smile. And that, but you uh, always thought was, he knew something that you didn't know. I was and you ta- never know. I was talking to Tommy Lieberman about that last week, and I told him that exact same thing. And uh, and the thing about <laughs> Peter, look, he almost kind of looked over his glasses, glass rails, kind of like halfway down the bridge of his nose. But those eyes, they twinkled like a night of a thousand stars. They were just magnificent. Oh, I know. You know, even after his stroke, you know, it uh, it was still there, and he was still there, and it was it was so... I mean, it was it was sad for me to see him um, debilitated like that, knowing that he probably wasn't going to be playing uh, anymore. I know. But he still had this incredible uh, spirit that just oozed out of him all the time. And he was talking about uh, he had gotten a call from Norman Blake, who was saying, um, telling him, Peter, there are other ways for you to use your music. There are other ways for you to share your gift. And I thought, oh, man, that was wonderful. And it was a great thing for him to hear. You know, we can say it, everybody can say it, but Norman was a dear, dear mentor of his, and it was, uh, was, it was really nice to hear. And Norman, but, of course, uh, is one of the greatest acoustic musicians in America and one who's really made his career playing old time music in a yeah in a modern sense exactly man it's and so when, go ahead yeah no when we started when <clears throat> we started on Prairie Home um, we'd get called from Steve Fingerett and Ricky Gale ran the whole coffee house which was basement at Kaufman Memorial and they brought in so many people but he would always hire us to open for people wow. we got to open for Josh Graves hmm. uh, the Dobro sure. aficionado the man who, who who made the Dobro what it is and uh, Cal Hand absolutely loved the man Yeah, and then we opened for Vassar Clements man and we spent a, a weekend with Vassar, and we played Friday night at the Hole, and we played Saturday at um, Garrison's show. Mm-hmm. And Sunday, we went into NPR and recorded 
some music with Peter Vassar and I, and it's on this little quarter-inch tape Wow! that I have to have done. Yeah. You know, I have to take it in and have it done because it's just some wonderful stuff. It's Peter doing red dancing shoes, and Peter and Vassar looked at him and he said, You know, Peter, I, I just think you should concentrate on one instrument. You know, just concentrate on the fiddle. And Peter said, you think so? And he said, yeah, I think you should. <laughs> and then about, he got out the mandolin and started playing, and Faster said, Peter, you know what I said about concentrating on just one? Forget it. <laughs> Do everything you can. <laughs> it was so cute. That is such- and Vassar was... He, yeah. That's such a beautiful story. Oh yeah, Vassar was he was just a wonderful man. I, I re- wonderful guy. And he and Peter together were just magic. I remember someone telling me a story of walking in to a hot- darkened hotel room, the TV was on, the sound was off, and Vassar and Peter were playing twin fiddles just to this darkened room not even speaking to one another, and the person that was there said it was complete magic, as as you can imagine. Yeah, they did that when the Super Bowl was on. That might have been we part of it. We turned the sound down on Super Bowl, and they were, they were uh, playing. But I, I don't know. It could be, I, you know, it could happen many times that I wasn't even around. He's a, he was a dear, 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 dear man. And he is so sorry. I miss him, me, like everybody else. Me too. And uh, Becky Thompson, thank you so much. These were great stories. And I hope to see you soon. And if you need help getting that uh, Vassar, Peter, Becky thing together, let me know. Let's, let's do it before it turns to dust. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, hon. Great. Well, you have a beautiful night tonight. Thank you so much you for too. your time. Take you, Paul. Bye, Becky. Bye. Bye. If you see her, say hello. She might be in Tangier She left here last early spring Is living there I hear Say for me that I'm alright Those things get kind of slow She might think that I've forgotten her Don't tell her it isn't so We had a falling out Like lovers often will And to think of how She left that night It still brings me a cheer And though I step out
it pierced me to the heart She still lives inside of me We've never been apart If you get close to her Kiss her once for me Always have respected her For doing what she did and getting free her happy I won't stand in the way for oh, the bitter taste still lingers on from the night I tried to make her stay I see a lot of people as I make their rounds and I hear her As I go from town to town And I've never gotten used to it I've just learned to turn it off Either I'm too sensitive Or else I'm getting stalled Sundown Yellow moon, I replay the past. I know every scene by heart, they all went by so fast. If she's passing back this way, I'm not that hard to find. Tell her she can look me up. If she's got the Did you know that learning a musical instrument is good for your brain? For adults, it can lead to improvements in working memory, resilience to age-related hearing loss, and lower levels of stress and depression. According to University of Texas research, it's even more effective than brain training games. And the best part is, it's fun! Even if you've never played an instrument, we'll have you playing songs in a month. You may think of School of Rock as a place for kids, but we have lessons for adults, too. School of Rock Eden Prairie offers lessons on guitar, bass, drums, keyboards, and vocals. You choose whether your lessons are in person or online. We also have adult bands if you want to jam with other adults. And AM950 listeners get 10% off 45- or 60-minute weekly lessons. Visit EdenPrairie.SchoolOfRock.com or click on the link on AM950Radio.com. 
I will come to you in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back to the second set of the Wall and Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Messa. We have another old friend of Peter Ostrusko's on tonight. Storyteller, actor, playwright, and man about town, Jim Stoll, is going to tell us about when he met Peter Ostrusko for the first time and, uh, and the kinds of work they did together. Jim, welcome tonight to the Wall and Power Radio Hour. Thanks, thanks. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're Great. honored to have you. Ta- let's talk, Peter Ostrusko. Ah, well, I first met Peter. I'm not exactly sure. He's either 15, 16 years old, something like that. And I was uh, working as an actor at the Children's Theater Company, as, um, and Peter was very good friends with a couple, uh, Linda and John Jenkins. And I was over at their house a lot. So Peter and I met, I think, either through the Children's Theater Company. I can't remember if he was in the school or not. Uh, it's been so long ago. But that's where we met. And we became friends. And then I helped start a theater called the Minnesota Ensemble Theater. And he was in the first play I ever wrote called Fresh Meat. Hmm. And then he and he was one of the ensemble. And it was a very, very physical group. We were uh, influenced by... Uh, uh, Jersey Gutowski and Towards a Poor Theater because we were so desperately poor. Um, and then I wrote my second play, which was called Sailor George, which was my sort of literary thinking at that time was, uh, I'm from South Texas, spent time in Mexico, so I was influenced by Carlos Castaneda's books about, you know, Don Juan and Brujos. And I wrote a play called Sailor George, who was supposedly a traveling tattoo artist and had said, uh, Skin Pictures and Celestial Navigation. So it was a play like that. And Peter played Sailor George. And I think at that time, when I do the math, he was 18 years old. Um, 18, maybe 19 years old. And every time he came on stage, he played a different musical instrument. Uh A piano, a a guitar, a balalaika. And the whole idea, I, I learned by watching the audience... The whole idea of him being like this magic guy, this brujo guy, it began to take a hold of the audience uh, because every time they saw him, he was doing something magical. Mm-hmm. And, they, and it made my play work because they thought this guy was some kind of magician, sure. really, because every time he walked onto the stage, he was actually creating musical magic right in front of them. Right. And so the whole play became magic, and it was quite, quite extraordinary uh, to, to have been a part of that. I think everybody who was an actor in the play felt that and knew that and what that meant. It, it, it was a, a, one of those things in 50 years of theater that we all remember, those of us who were there in that play. Uh, and it's a large part because of Peter. Talk about, uh, briefly before you talk about uh, the, the show uh, that was featured on KTCA, but tell us about Peter as a babysitter with the Jenkins family. Oh, God, that's good. Well, Linda, Linda uh, Jenkins and I, uh, when Linda Jenkins, we're old friends. They live in Chicago now. Uh, and she, uh, and we were talking about it, and she said, you know, Peter was the perfect babysitter for them. Because um, when they would leave, Peter would come in and just play different instruments to the baby, right? And so they had this uh, 
and the kid, of course, his name is Rob, Robert, I believe, uh, Robbie, uh, is, lives in Chicago, a grown man now, and he has <laughs> fabulous stories about being a baby there with Peter playing all these different instruments. Wow. That's, that was his babysitting tool. No TV, you get a mandolin. <laughs> or a violin or a guitar. <laughs> or a violin or a guitar or what, what, whatever he wants. Tell us about working with Peter as, uh, talk about his professionalism, even at a young age. Oh, well, I mean, he was on time every time, is my memory. And, you know, um, and that whole thing was just, what, second nature. I don't, I never, it's an interesting question. I never, I never thought about it because it was never anything for me to think of. You know how it is? Yeah. You, you have a band. There's things with people you never even think about because you, it never happens. Yeah. And so after a while, you don't think about it. Other people, you think, uh, uh, they're in professionalism. And, I mean, I never even thought about it. How will you, so, uh, Jim Still? questionable. Jim Still, you're one of uh, Minnesota in the Midwest, if not America's, one of our great storytellers. How will you remember, Peter, not just working with him, but I'm sure you've heard him dozens of times over the years in concert, on the radio, or wherever. How, uh, how will you remember Peter Ostrushko? Uh, you know, it's funny about grief and how it has its own life. And I haven't felt uh, that emotional about it since the first day, but it's happening to me right now. When I think about him. So this, I guess this, uh, when you ask me that question and it makes me um, this emotional, this is my answer to how I'll remember Peter. Well, it's the way it makes me feel. It's a poignant answer, Jim Stoll. I was talking to our friend Tommy Lieberman last week, who's known... Peter since the early 1970s and and he said and I totally agreed with him he was not necessarily close to Peter although he played with him dozens of times nor was I but yet you felt really close to Peter you didn't have to be his yeah. best friend but he had that personality where he drew you into his aura and his circle yeah he was he opened up yeah he just opened up, man. He was right out there. There he was. He was who he was. He, he was who, you know, and so he was always just right there. Well, you know what? I, I was like that as a director working with him, man. He was just always right there. I didn't have to go anywhere to work anything out to get him to be there on stage. You know what I mean? Because I put, he was always right there. I put something out on Twitter about Peter's passing and Lyle Lovett chimed in and said he was so sad of hearing it and, and I replied I said the only thing that superseded or exceeded Peter's, vir Peter's virtuosity was his humility yeah 
Jim Stoll, we're going to listen to a little bit of Talking Pictures, written by Jim Stoll, music by Peter Ostrushko. Jimmy, thanks so much for this tonight. It was really heartfelt and meant a lot to me. Thank you. Oh, it's a pleasure. And, again, an honor. And to love to all. You take care of us all. learning a musical instrument is good for your brain? For adults, it can lead to improvements in working memory, resilience to age-related hearing loss, and lower levels of stress and depression. According to University of Texas research, it's even more effective than brain training games. And the best part is, it's fun! Even if you've never played an instrument, we'll have you playing songs in a month. You may think of School of Rock as a place for kids, but we have lessons for adults, too. School of Rock Eden Prairie offers lessons on guitar, bass, drums, keyboards, and vocals. You choose whether your lessons are in person or online. We also have adult bands if you want to jam with other adults. And AM950 listeners get 10% off 45 or 60-minute weekly lessons. Visit edenprairie.schoolofrock.com or click on the link on am950radio.com. Welcome back to the third set of the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzen. I'm so delighted to have one of Peter Ostrushko's oldest friends and a man I've known for years. I might have bought a guitar or two or at least a set of strings from him when he owned one of the inversions and iterations of the Podium Guitar Shop. Mr. Jim Tordoff is on. Jim, thanks for taking time tonight. My condolences about losing your dear friend. When did you and Peter Ostrushko hook up? Uh, thanks, Paul. I appreciate you, uh, your condolences, and thank you for having me on. I met Peter in probably 1972 or 1973. Um, we were just kids, and I don't actually remember the circumstances of meeting him, but he and I and Mike Cass um, 
who was a Dover player at the time, Mike ended up moving to Nashville uh, in the 70s and ended up playing with Ray Price for a good long time. Wow, that's but, a nice uh, ride. The, the, three, the three of us were sort of three musketeers, and we had a bluegrass band with Larry Stolberg on guitar and John Peterson on bass. And that lasted for not very long, and then we did various iterations of stuff. Uh, one of the things that we did... The three of us, we would uh, back up or open for acts that came to the whole coffee house back then. They brought in a lot of acoustic music, people like Norman Blake and John Hartford and Newgrass Revival. Uh, we were Vassar Clements's, uh backup band, in fact, for two years in a row when Vassar came to town. So we were able to do quite a few wonderful musical adventures. We uh, many years and many hours of playing music together. I, he was a dear, dear friend, and I miss him terribly. Dave Hall was talking about back when all of us were kind of coming of age with these instruments, you didn't get that good as Hall or a Strushko or a Tordoff or a Mike Cass if you just played a little bit here and there. As Dave Hall put it, he goes, we had our arms around our instruments 8 to 10 to 12 hours a day. Yep, pretty much. What was it like when yeah. you heard Ostrushka for the first time? Were you really knocked out? Um, well, I, yeah. I mean, there was a kindred spirit and somebody who could play music really well, and it was a joy. And we instantly realized that we could play music together and, and did, right? There was never a, a moment's doubt. But, uh, you know, like, like Dave said, you... You didn't do it half-heartedly and got to the point where you were performing on stage a lot. You did it a lot, and uh, and we did every opportunity. I bet you guys probably spent some time sitting around uh, uh, a West Bank living room listening to records, too. Yes, we did. Um, my house and Peter's house and all over the place. Now, Jim, you were... Known as a banjo player, are you kind of a multi-instrumentalist like Peter was? Well, I can play guitar, but I'm not a flat picker. I, I For a couple of years, I toured with the Wolverines Classic Jazz Orchestra okay. and played guitar and banjo for them. So, um, I mean, I, I can do fine on rhythm guitar. I know my chords, I know the fingerboard, but uh, I wouldn't call myself a guitarist, but I would call myself a banjoist. What... Uh Talk about that, and I spoke uh, at length with, with Dave Hall and Tom Lieberman about it, but let's get some of your recollections of those uh, great days back around the University of Minnesota, Dinkytown, the West Bank, and the whole coffee house. Oh, yeah. Well, we, and the New Riverside Cafe, which right. was uh, probably the central venue for us. We played there um, quite often when they would have a slot or we would ask for a slot, they'd give us an evening to play there. One of the things that you mentioned, Dave Hall, um, Peter and Dave sort of got together when the three of us would go downtown and do busking back in the early 70s. We'd get downtown at right around lunch hour and open up the banjo case, and Dave Hall would sort of do the MC thing and make banjo player jokes, and we'd play <laughs> fiddle tunes, and we'd fill up that banjo case with money just like right now. We grew big crowds, had a great time. We did that, and out of that trio sort of grew the David and Peter duo. They started traveling and doing a lot of stuff together. So there was there was that. There was the West Bank School of Music, which was another central right. place yeah. for everybody. Yep. 
Well, yeah, you know, good day. they call, uh, I remember when I moved down in 78, I spent a lot of time at the Riv, eventually ended up playing there and played at the Extemp once or twice. But I remember those monthly calendars, those cool uh, hippie hand-drawn calendars from the new Riverside Cafe, and it would always refer to the new Riv, to the Riv as we called it, as the Biomagnetic Center of the Universe. <laughs> yep. yep, I would have no argument with that. Jim Tordoff, before uh, before we keep going on with this interview, uh, you are one of the funniest guys I've met in the uh, in the world of acoustic music. Past John Pasternacki, who's bought more than one guitar from you, uh, is always sharing jokes that he spent a lot of time as, with his playing release program, buying and selling his guitars that he got from you. Uh, but tell us, what's your latest banjo joke? Oh, the latest banjo joke. Well, you you mean the the banjo player who showed up for the gig and he only had one shoe on? Guitar player looked at him and said, son, looks like you lost a shoe. Banjo player said, nope, found one. <laughs> oh, 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 that is good. Cool. I... You, you don't mind if I use that in my act, if, that, if there's ever you, live music again. You can have it. Somebody <laughs> gave it to me. It's my favorite one. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, Jim Tordoff, now, there's a lot, many of us have heard this story, but a lot of people out there in the, in the uh, AM 950 radio land haven't. But you were working at the Podium Guitar Shop, which was run by the late, great Chris Weber, who we just lost a couple months ago. Bob Dylan is in town uh, under great secrecy. His brother is looking for a guitar. He has Kevin Odegaard call the podium to see if Chris has a guitar like this. He has not only the same model, almost the same year, and this ended up being Peter Ostrushko's entrance into the world of recording, first time in a recording studio with... Bob Dylan. Tell us that story from the afternoon Peter walked in and Chris told him the story about what was going on at Sound 80. Well, he, uh, Chris got that call and it sounded kind of weird that they wouldn't really divulge who was looking for the guitar, but they wanted Chris to bring the guitar to them. And so Chris did and it turned out to be Dylan and they recorded that night and the following night the following day, Chris told me what would what had happened, and I said, well, if you need the banjo player and a mandolin player, have them call me, because they were going to go back in that, that second night and do more recording. And, in fact, we did get the call, and I found Peter and dragged him out of his sick bed. He wasn't feeling very good. Took him over to the uh, studio, and he ended up doing at least one cut, if not two. Um, my memory dims. I haven't really paid all that much attention to that because I, I was there, but I wasn't participating. It would have been nice if Dylan wanted banjo, but he was well past the banjo phase of his career by the time he was doing Blood on the Tracks. And uh, But Peter did the mandolin work, and he woke up the next day and, and said that he'd, he had been really ill and feverish, and he thought that there was just a wild dream. And when he called Chris or showed up at the podium, Chris told him that it actually had happened. And that was... <laughs> That was Peter's introduction to the recording life. Wow. Well, it must have been fun, Jim, 
to watch Peter from that recording session and also from his uh, gigs on the West Bank with all those great musicians like yourself, just to become really nationally recognized virtuoso from Minnesota via the Prairie Home Companion, his gigs with Norman Blake and Vassar, and then all the documentaries with Ken Burns. You must be really proud as a friend to have watched that happen. Oh, yeah, it was wonderful. And, you know, even today, they'll play some mandolin music on Channel 2, and I'll know when it's Peter because I'm pretty familiar with his touch and his style. And he he made a really good go of it, I got to say. He was, uh, it didn't hurt that he was on Prairie Home Companion for four years, being broadcast nationally every Saturday. But he got to play with people like Chet Atkins and Johnny Gimble on a regular basis and just, I mean, what a wonderful, wonderful life to have had. What? Tell us a little bit about Ostrushko, a man of very few words, was also a very funny cat. I mean, I've been in enough situations with him where the guy had timing like uh, Jack Benny. He was, uh, uh, he had a great sense of humor, though he was, didn't talk a lot. Probably talk more with you because you guys were so close. But do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. uh, Sometimes it took a little bit to put together what he just said, but he was a very fine, finely honed sense of humor for sure. And such a gentleman. Yep. Wonderful man. Really wonderful man. A true spirit, a pure heart. And uh, Marge was lucky to have him. He was lucky to have Marge. he made a good goal, but he really did. He was a first-rate human being. We've got Jim Tordoff, an old uh, running buddy of Peter Ostrushka's on. We're going to listen to a, a song they did way back when, courtesy of Becky Thompson, called Billy in the Low Ground. Be back for one more set with Jim Tordoff on the Wall of Power Radio. days, I love to play music more than anything else in life. If someone asked me to play with them, I would play with them at the drop of a hat at all the get-togethers that would happen at, at the Cafe Extempore during the week. I would be there and I would play with everybody. And, and I'm sure that's how I probably first met Becky Reber. She was one of the people that came to sit in song swaps and whatnot. I remember Becky. She was a fresh-faced, beautiful, clear-voiced singer who liked to sing country music. 
And so I, she asked me to play with her all the time, and I would play all these gigs with her, like free gigs at Potterhorn Park and ice cream socials. It didn't matter if we made five cents. It was just getting together. I love playing music. And this evening at the Extempore, Becky is opening up for Dave Hall and I. And so she's about to do a sound check as we get to the Extempore. There's already a pretty good crowd waiting to come in because, as was the case in the day, there was no advanced ticket sales. It was just first come, first serve. Whoever got there first got the best seats. And so there was already a good crowd waiting by the time I make it and weave my way upstairs to where the concert hall is. I walk right up to the stage. Becky's is already there doing her sound check, and I pull out my guitar and start backing her up like I always did. At my door, the leaves are falling. The cold wild wind will come. Sweethearts walk by together, but I still miss someone. Oh, I Welcome back to the fourth set of the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzen. My guest down right now, Jim Tordoff, an old good buddy of the man we are paying tribute tonight, Mr. Peter Ostrushko. Jim, I was talking to somebody uh, when we heard Peter passed on February 24th. I said, man, it's so hard because really, we, in a way, we lost him twice. We lost him when he had his... Uh, uh, 
we lost him when he had a stroke, and uh, we knew he was probably never going to play again. And then we lost him to the heavens on, on the 24th. What did you feel like when you heard the news of his stroke, knowing that he'd probably never play again? That was pretty sad. He was hospitalized pretty close to where I live, and I went and visited him um, a couple of days once he sort of stabilized and was in his room. Went and, went and hung around with him a few times while he was over there at Fairview. It was, uh, it was, I think it took a while for it to sink into him that he wasn't going to ever play again. He had aspirations of getting the use of his left arm back again, but, um, I mean, uh, I thought it was a long shot. Um, and in fact, he never did regain use of his arm. But one thing he did find purpose for was to create a podcast, which is uh, listenable to on com, and he calls it My Life as a Radio Musician. I'm not sure how many episodes there are. I'm on episode eight, um, but I think there's 14 or 18 episodes that they managed to get put out. I'm That's not sure great. if they've all been published. But I would highly recommend that um, if people want to get a flavor for what Peter's life was and, and the arc of his career. But uh, really well done. And Steve Call, your old buddy and mine, helped him a lot on that. So uh, Garrison Keeler opened up the Prairie Home Companion song archive to Peter. And Peter spent months going through and sorting out stuff and putting together these podcasts. They're really quite, uh, quite charming and really fun to listen to. I uh, was a little late to try to get a ticket to the fundraiser for Peter uh, after he had his stroke, but everyone I talked to said there wasn't a dry in the house when he finally spoke. Can you recall some of the things he said? Yeah, he was he was grateful, um, and he said he'd be back, and he did get back with those podcasts. Um, yeah, that was a that was a touching tribute to uh, to him and a wonderful fundraiser. He had a lot of good buddies and what an excellent players from throughout the years come and play and perform for the audience and it was a full house a lot of folks showed up for that it was a wonderful event Jim Tordoff we just got a little time left here you've uh, you've played with and heard some of the best musicians ever to come out of the Twin Cities and the greater Minnesota where would you place a Strushko in the pantheon of Minnesota greats well, there might have been other players as good as him, but nobody was better. He was a real genius, and that was obvious to everybody when they met him. He always, always impressed people with his musical abilities, and he was a past master. He took it seriously. He poured his heart and his soul into it, and you could, and you could tell. He was a wonderful, passionate player, and all genres, and the fiddle, the, the mandolin, and the guitar, all were... Um, well-learned by Pete. Jim Tordoff, thank you so much for taking time. And uh, once again, my uh, sincere condolences with you. I, I know what it's like to lose a friend for 50 years, especially someone as, as cool as Peter Ostrushko. Jim, I hope to see you when the, uh, the snow goes, which is going, and the sun's out, and uh, when we can all get out and about and actually talk to each other without wearing our masks. Sounds good, Paul. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Have a great night, Jim.
You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. In five, four, three, two, one. If you want to listen to Peter Ostrushko playing with Bob Dylan on Blood on the Tracks, get the record. If you have it, pull it out and play If You See Her, Say Hello. There's also another little mandolin part on there. That is when Bob borrowed Peter's guitar to play a little bit as well. I'm honored to say uh, Peter played on my first record, Paper Tigers, which was recorded in October of 1984. He played fiddle, mandolin, and a lot of people don't know he was also a really good singer. So I asked him if he would go in and put in a harmony on this song, which he did. So Peter's playing fiddle, mandolin, and singing the low harmony on my song. It also features Willie Murphy, Prudence Johnson, Tim O'Keefe, and others called Stars Over the Prairie. Peter Estrushko, here's to you in heaven. When I was a buckshot in short pants Spinning bottles with Tiger Jack I remember Grandpa's European Res in the bunkhouse To these days I used to spread To try to bring him back Hand in hand with my brother and sisters Chinese jump rope heart to heart They ain't hiding but they're just out of earshot Up to the heavens that worlds don't fall apart And I wish I could see Stars over the prairie Stars over the prairie tonight And I wish I could see Stars over the prairie Stars over the prairie tonight Under the gazebo where I stole my first kisses in the fallen age of Cadillac with chrome Well, me and my buddy like a, a good gypsy army Fighting each other's causes like they were our Thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour and our tribute to Peter Ostrushko. The show is produced by Paul Metza, engineered by Patrick Lilia. We would like to thank our guests tonight, Becky Thompson, Jim Stoll, and Jim Tordoff. We hope you enjoyed these two episodes. I'm planning on doing some more. Peter was such a great musician. And track down those podcasts at peterostrushko.com. Follow what I'm doing at paulmetza.com. And remember, like my dad used to tell me, remember, be kind and make someone happy.